You're listening to the Inspired Legacy Podcast on the Edify Podcast Network. This is episode 58. Put God first. Hey guys, it's Mark, your host and founder of the Inspired Legacy. As always, this is the show that equips and inspires you to leave a godly legacy. Today, I'm going to touch on something that's really been on my heart lately. I'm going to talk about this pandemic that we've been in. Uh, obviously, don't need to explain what that is. We're we're all uh, we've all been living it and continue to live it. Uh, but it does kind of feel like we're sort of on the downhill slide. Knock on wood, you know. Cross your fingers. Um, we're seeing states one by one. Uh, the governors kind of stepping forward and say, you know what? We're going to go back to normal. No masks, uh, no shutdowns. We've, we've had enough. And I, the, we're seeing that from our state governments around the country. We're definitely sensing that and hearing that uh, and seeing that from individuals from across the country, no matter what state you live in. And everybody's eager to get back to normal, right? But despite that, we're still seeing large numbers of people for whatever reason, not, not seemingly excited to get back to normal. They have fully embraced this lifestyle of fear. And despite your views on the pandemic, there's no denying the toll that this has all taken, you know, since March of 2020, that this has taken on humanity, but the segment of our population. And again, I'm talking you know, I look at everything through the lens of where I live, which is the United States, but this is global, obviously. And so everything that I'm going to talk about here, it's a worldwide problem. And I think that the, the population that has been impacted the most, again, worldwide, yet we hear talk of this the least, it's our kids. And so throughout 2020 and in the first few months here of 2021, you know, doctors have seen an increased number of kids and teenagers, for that matter, requiring treatment for attempted suicides. There are, there are reports of young kids intentionally running into traffic with the hopes of being run over and killed. Kids are overdosing on pills, and they're self-harming themselves in a variety of ways. And pediatricians are reporting seeing kids who have developed pandemic-related phobias. They've developed like physical tics and eating disorders. And there are some kids who are so obsessed, they've become so obsessed with germs that they, they're scrubbing their hands raw or they're covering their bodies with disinfectant and in some cases refusing to eat out of fear of getting sick. And, you know, I could keep going down the, the list here. There are a couple more things I'll point out. There's an increased number of children suffering from panic attacks, heart palpitations, uh, and other mental stress symptoms. And, and this one, uh, kind of hit home because it, it affects everybody, I think, but you know, screen time, as if that was not already a challenge for parents during our lockdowns and, um, not being able to go out and, and schools being closed, you know, screens, mobile devices, computers, they've all become babysitters, right? Teachers, They've become our teachers. They're our kids' teachers, I should say. And definitely an entertainment source while we've all been stuck at home and unable to go out. And this is last, my last point, but it's certainly not the least. And the fact that 
there is an entire generation of infants and toddlers who rely on facial expressions for cognitive development. And think about all those babies and infants out there, even very young children who they look to their moms and, and kids, or I should say um, other adults around them to learn how to live by how we are emoting, right? How we are smiling or frowning or crying or laughing, all of these things that they use to, to develop. They're being denied these most basic human needs, the faces of their loved ones around them. And again, guys, when you think about all this, all the, the impact that all of this stuff has had on our kids and then the long-term implications of that down the road, we have no idea. The kids that are like babies now or, or young children who have been forced to wear masks everywhere they go and kids who are lucky enough to be in schools, they can't go to school without wearing a mask. We have no idea the impact that that lifestyle that those behavior changes are going to have on them in 5, 10, 15 years from now. We have no idea how their brains are being physically rewired as a result of having to wear a mask or look at people who have been wearing masks. There's signs, there's there's data that shows that kids who spend too much time on screens, for example, that that, that extra screen time physically rewires their brain. So think about the impact that, it, that all of this has had the last year plus that that's had on their brains as they look at people around them. And they can't see their face. They can only see half their face. So anyway, before I start rambling any further, I think that it would be dishonest to blame this, this mental crisis, this health crisis that our kids are facing right now. It would be dishonest to blame this on the governments around the world. I think that the blame for this falls squarely on the shoulders of the adults in the lives of the kids affected by COVID-19. It lands squarely on the adults in their lives, and it starts with men. Guys, we've got to be, as men, we've got to be strong and courageous leaders. That's what God built us for to lead ourselves, but to lead our families through ups and downs, good times and bad. We need to be the rock in our homes. But hiding from a virus with what? I don't know. I've seen different numbers. 98, 99% survivability rate. And, you know, whatever. It's very high likelihood that even if you get this, you're going to survive. Obviously, there are there are exceptions, which we've seen. You know, there there have been Hundreds of thousands of people die from this. Cannot deny that. And I'm not saying that this doesn't exist because clearly it does. But in the big picture across the globe, again, painting with broad brushes, the survivability rate of COVID-19 is extremely high and it's even higher among children. That's a fact. So hiding from the virus that you are most likely going to live through and be just fine Hiding from that is anything but courageous. Yes, we've we've got to exercise caution when we go out into the world. Be aware of our environments, right? If you're in an airport, even uh, before the pandemic, it was probably a good idea to practice good hygiene in an airport. So we should always be exercising that kind of uh, caution. 
right? But living in fear day to day does not model strength or pass on a heritage of resiliency and hope to our kids. It just doesn't. And, and here's really where the rubber meets the road, guys. And this is kind of the view that I've taken. This has helped me get to a point mentally to realize that even if there is a, a slight chance that I could get sick or somebody around me could get sick, I've become, I've become comfortable enough to move beyond that because of this point right here. Jesus Christ, our Savior, did not sacrifice himself on a cross so that his people would one day cower in their homes and live in isolation and fear. So I want to challenge you all, regardless of your political affiliation or, or how, what, your, what your risk factors may be with this, um, with this virus, the fact is that it is a virus and there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do to avoid catching a virus. That's just, that's just fact. So I want to challenge you to put your fear aside, lean into the Lord, find your strength in him. And as our states across the U.S. slowly head back to a sense of normalcy, I want to challenge you guys to do your part to make your kids' lives normal again. Throw away your masks, all of them. Throw them away. Step out in faith. Show your kids there's nothing to be fearful of and live life the way God intended it to be lived. Guys, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's conversation, share it with a friend and subscribe to the show so you don't miss future episodes like the one you heard today. And be sure to check today's show notes for all the ways you can stay plugged into the Inspired Legacy, including my free download called Nine Ways to Be a Better Dad. You can sign up for my free weekly devotional called Inspired Inbox. And you can join the private Facebook group, a community of other like-minded men looking to become the best husbands and fathers they can be. So get plugged in, like, subscribe, leave a review, and help more guys find the show because we need more men battling together for the sake of the next generation. Until next time, live inspired.